0: what up what up what up people i know everything is going well for everyone out there as i am such a positive person and love to put out those positive vibes. So you are tuned in to another exciting episode of Talk the Talk with Mo Orr. Now, I got a couple questions for you. How many of you are drinking coffee all day because you may not know what time it is or what day it is? How many of you are actually having breakfast at noon, lunch at about four and dinner at about eight because your day starts so late. Sitting by the door because Amazon is now your favorite shopping place. And look, have taken over for TJ Maxx. How many of you guys go to TJ Maxx? And the next day shipping, and next day shipping is a thing of the past, as who knows what day it will get there. If you know, nah, I'll say it again. If you know, okay, listen. Listen, people, I, I, I got something to say if you know someone that is in need and is a really good friend of yours and just needs someone to talk to, right, or they need someone to listen, please pass on this information to them. You are about to change their lives forever. Tell them to go watch my show and listen to my damn podcast. Now you heard me. I'm here for you, people. Hey, look, we have an amazing show lined up for you today with some amazing guests. But first, of course, this podcast is brought to you by the Jerky Zone. When you're looking for that high-protein pack snack to get you back on track, the next stop is the Jerky Zone. And intro wheels where custom rims make your classic cars come to life. And lastly, Advanced Capital Management, where the plus in the logo signifies above and beyond commitment to adding value to investments by providing a plus impact to the world we touch. You can also watch this podcast on our app at www.thsn.today. Download the app. All right, let's get to it. My first guest is a high school senior who has played for a very elite program and just came off of a CIF championship over Winward High School and has been the carpool buddy for our second guest for the past four years. Please welcome to the show, Cameron Kieran. How are you?
1: Good, how are you?
0: Always amazing. And of course, our second guest has over 800 wins as a high school coach, and is the first girls coach in California history to reach such a milestone. He has won 10 or more CIF championships, over 27 league titles, and is a two-time national champion and also has been named the National Coach of the Year a few times. Please welcome to Talk to Talk, the head coach for the modern day Lady uh, Monarchs, Mr. Kevin Kiernan. Thank you for joining the show, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for coming to the show. We really appreciate that. Also, uh, I have a, a thorn in my side that I have to introduce. He's always with us, the CTO of the high school narrative, Tony Rosignal. What's going on, Tony?
2: Mo, how are you? Excited to have uh, Miss Miss Kiernan on uh, with with her dad, who's uh, I've been a, a really good friend of ours for uh, about 15 years, and uh, we're, we're blessed and thankful to have the have the family on and, and take some time today. So, I know for a fact this is going to be another great show, Mo.
0: Well, thank you, sir. We'll try to live up to that since you put all that pressure on us today. <laughs> so, um, you two. So, are you guys in different spots right now? Yeah. Spots in the house. She doesn't want to get too close. She doesn't <laughs> want to get too close.
3: So, uh, <laughs> Kathy, room. I'm out living room. Room. <laughs> And we're avoiding, we've got, I've got four kids. So we've got to avoid the other kids and their activities. So, if you see somebody trotting through a picture,
0: uh, <laughs> don't let it rattle you. It's it's okay. It's okay. I have 6. So, if you see something rattling through my picture, <laughs> don't let it rattle you. All right. So, you're at home, coach, and and Cam, where are you?
1: I'm in my room.
0: Oh, so you're in the same house in different rooms.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. I know the that's answer the way the she question. likes. Tony it's B. It's B, Tony. It's, it's automatically B. So, that's awesome. So, you have are you a girl dad or you have some boys? What do you have, coach? I got three girls and a boy. Three girls and a, and a boy. All of them
3: athletes. Yeah, they've all played. My son played uh, basketball for Troy High School. He's a uh, freshman at Concordia uh, University right now. Uh, I've got Cam and I've got uh, Devin, an eighth grader who plays basketball, girl, and Cade, uh, and a fifth grader who plays basketball. So uh,
0: they're coming. They're coming up fast. Get awesome. you play. did a lot better than me because I cannot name all of my children. Just so you know, I can't or my wife would have killed me if that, I couldn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it down before the segment. You wrote it down <laughs> before the segment. So, um, Cam, you're, you're, you're a senior at, at Modern Day. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I'm just going to kind of jump into it because I, I have a senior, uh, and he, he goes to uh, Carlsbad High School, and uh, he is an athlete, basketball player, and things are different. You've been mm-hmm. looking forward to your senior year for who knows how long. You've been looking forward to the the awards banquet. You've been looking forward to prom. You've been looking forward to all these things. And then COVID-19 happened.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: has that done for your senior season?
1: Um. Well, luckily we finished our season before COVID happened. So I'm happy we got to play that CIF game because that was one of the best nights ever. But um, I think... It sucks because it was starting to get to the fun part of senior year. The end of the year, you know, all these senior events happening. But I was really looking forward to graduation because my dad always told me that modern day does graduation really well, and it's a really nice ceremony. Prom was more my mom. She wanted me to do it more than I wanted to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But it would have been fun to go with all my friends.
0: So what about prom? Are you guys doing like a virtual prom or something?
1: i have no idea i
0: don't think so that would be pretty interesting (laughs) don't you think everybody's on zoom you know you get the (laughs) music or something man that kind of that kind of sucks you know i think uh I, i actually watched my son's uh virtual uh basketball awards awards banquet have you guys done something like that already or planning on doing anything like that
3: no, our banquet is was uh, scheduled for April 20th because usually our season goes so long. So we, right. um, so that just came and went. We've we haven't said cancel. We just said postpone. You know, we have weekly uh, Zoom meetings with the team. We'll meet with them on Friday again. And uh, you know, at some point, if we can't get a chance to see them in person um, in the summertime, um, I guess we could do a. A virtual uh, banquet, but I, you know, that's a, that's where you tell, you know, I banquets when I really tell kids how I really feel about them, <laughs>
0: you know. Yeah, right, right.
3: You know, I mean, all the stuff that I've been hiding for four years, I get to tell them all the good stuff, and I don't want to do that, you know, you know, virtually. I want to do that in person, face to face. Uh, so we're hoping in the summer we'll be able to put it together. Um, you know, we we're, we ordered rings uh, for the CIF championship, and they're not going to be ready for a while. So maybe when they're all ready, we could tie that into it—a uh, uh, ring, giving the rings out, and having a having a kind of a, a banquet. Um, but. You know like we're all in the same boat we're all having to deal with uh, the changes we all have to adapt to the changes things aren't going to be the way we want them and uh you know it's people who adapt the best are going to be able to move forward the farthest and uh yeah and that's what we're trying to do
0: coach uh i, I there's a, a topic that i have to get out of the way early right because I, I read something that uh Oh, it was so disturbing to me that it made me it made me cringe that you like the color green. And uh, I'm like, you're in California. How can you go to the Staples Center and cheer for the Boston Celtics? Oh, easily. How you do such a thing? And you have no idea. You haven't seen my
3: car. You haven't seen my office. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to, since we've been doing all these Zoom things, I've had many, many Zoom meetings with faculty and stuff i'm trying to get the zoom background figure it out i'm trying to get a celtic background on my uh, on my zoom so uh it doesn't bother me in the least i will say this though um if it rolls reversed and i was a laker fan in boston my car would be trashed i would you know, that's true I, I would be uh in a lot more trouble than i am out here people here are generally okay i get flipped off on the freeway once in a while when I drive by in my Celtic car. That's but probably because
0: you didn't put your blinker on, Coach. I'm just going to tell <laughs> nothing you. Nothing
3: I can't handle. People are, people, are, people are
0: okay. And there's a lot of Celtic fans out here. Yeah, there are a lot of Celtic fans there out are. here. And we're trying to get... Hey, Coach, so uh, how are you guys liking, and, and the same to you, Cam, how are you guys liking The uh, Last Dance? Have you guys been watching that? Yeah, I love
3: it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide whether I love it because I love the content or just that we just have no basketball and this is it. And that's why I love it. So I, I'm a basketball junkie. I've read everything. I've watched everything. So for me, it's awesome. Um, I'm not sure I'm seeing much new that I didn't already know because I've read everything. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I'm glad they moved it up. That was a great move that they uh, moved it up and put it on during this time.
0: Um, Cam, so are, you're bas- I'm assuming you're a bas- basketball aficionado, being that you have a, a, a mother that is a coach and a dad that is a coach. Uh, how are you? Did you did you get a chance to watch some of the last? Uh,
1: I have not watched it. Oh. I know. <laughs> oh,
0: I was going to say because I made because you know my kids, of course. They think LeBron is the the best thing you know ever to happen to to basketball, and when you talk about Michael Jordan, they go, "He's old. All he does is sell shoes." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> oh my goodness!" So I quarantined them and made them watch The Last Dance, and they have a <laughs> newfound like, appreciation for Michael Jordan.
3: So Cameron we, I, has a different taste in what she likes to watch than than
0: probably yeah. I do. So she uh, she has her own thing going. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm about to blacken Tony's screen just just so you know. I was gonna tell I was gonna tell Coach that listen, we'll help you with the background, just not on this show. Just so you know, you you see Tony's background. Kevin, Tony, that looks Kevin, great. Kevin, I get you this
2: background, Coach. By the end of the recording, we'll get that on there for you. <laughs> that, look, that looks
0: awesome. Oh my god. We're gonna
2: customize one and send it to Kevin.
0: It looked like Beautiful. somebody vomited all over Tony's screen. <laughs> and, uh, and I know you viewers out there, you you're you're kind of wondering what I'm talking about. Trust me, you will see it. You'll see it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, Coach, let's talk about what what started you and what made you uh, want to coach. Did you did you play basketball in high school, or how, how did it kind of work for you?
3: Yeah, I played at Canyon High School in Anaheim. Um, um, played for the late uh, Bob Shermore. Uh, great high school and great college coach. Um, actually, uh, recently retired uh, coach uh, Dick Katz, Hall of Fame coach here in Orange County High School. He was our JD coach at the time and uh, Coach Katz was awesome. Big, uh, big uh, influence on me as far as loving the game and, uh, you know, I've always loved basketball. I used to dribble to school from my house to Canyon and uh, uh, I just, I just, Played it all day. I was average, average player. I got to play a couple of years of junior college and uh, walked on a year at the University of Minnesota. Um, but uh, just, just love it. Just love playing it. Love coaching it. Love being around it.
0: Well, it's it's funny because at some point when you are uh, playing the game, and you see this a lot with uh, professional athletes, who Bill Jackson, for example, right? He he played for New York and then um, went on to coach overseas and then went to the CBA and then finally got his shot, you know, with the, uh, with Chicago. And when, for you, when did you figure it out? Like, I think I might want to coach. You know, when you stop playing, when all you've exhausted all
3: possibilities, as far as playing organized basketball for school, college, uh, you miss that. Camaraderie, that competitiveness, that building, being part of the team—I think that's what gets us all into the coaching. You want to be part of the team again, and uh, you know, coaching is a great way to learn how to become a team builder. You're—you're now the team builder, and you're part of that. And competition—I mean, competition is something. If you're a competitor, I mean, you're watching The Last Dance about the greatest competitor in the in the history of professional sports. I mean, you seek that out. You got to find that competition. Sometimes you can't get it in your daily routine life or job, and uh, you know that's why I got into it. I, I just want to be part of the team again. I want to compete, and uh, it, it just built from there. And then once you're in, I mean, you're obviously helping people, and uh, you know, trying to you're changing lives. You know, as a high school coach, um, you know, you're on the ground. You're at ground zero, of changing people's lives and helping people you know, get where they want to go, and, uh, you know, it's a big responsibility, but, uh, you know, it's, it's something that uh, all of us as coaches love.
0: So, you, you, uh, did you start your career at, at La Quinta, or where did you first start? Oh, coaching? I actually started, uh, I was back in
3: in Minnesota, I went to school at the University of Minnesota, and, and I was an assistant coach at uh, Inver Hills Community College in Inver Grove Heights, Minnesota, and I came back to California to uh, visit friends and stay with my family for the summer. And I got a job at the Register, uh, Orange County Register, uh, as a sports writer. Uh, I've majored in journalism in college. I, w- I want to be a sports writer. I didn't want to be a basketball coach. I really didn't. I didn't know at the time. So while I was working as a sports writer, I find out how bad those sports writing hours are.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, and how sedentary that lifestyle is i looked around and I go you know what i don't want sit to at, sit at a desk all day and, and work from three to 11 at night um i, I got i saw the the job girl's job was open and i said you know what this is a, i'm gonna give this a shot and got the job and coached there for a bunch of years and uh, met a great man there named jim perry who is uh was the boys coach and the athletic director. And uh, I was really fortunate at Lakeitha because LaKeitha had unbelievable coaches. Um, if you look back, Jim Perry is now one of the biggest, uh, he he runs the whole Huntington Beach School District athletic uh, district. Uh, he works for CIF, just a, a great AD, and you know, he was a great coach. Dave Demarest was the baseball coach, one of the greatest baseball coaches in Orange County history. Uh, Roger Takahashi was the football coach, one of the greatest football coaches in the O.C. I was just really lucky. I had this right place, right time. And I got That's to spend awesome. five years uh, with them and learning how to coach. And I coached freshman baseball for Coach Demarest. I helped Jim as a boy's assistant. It was like an on-the-job training in how to coach and work with young people. And uh, you know, those five
0: years really, really helped me out a lot. Well, that's awesome. And, and Jim Perry has been, been very, very instrumental to um, the high school narrative. And uh, we sit down and, and talk to him uh, quite frequently. And uh, of course, uh, we seek guidance and, uh, and he gives us a lot of guidance. So um, great, great individual. Um, and then you went on to, to go to you went to Troy, which you had over 300 wins at Troy High School.
3: Yeah, I actually went to, um, I went to Cypress College. Oh, that's uh, right. I, Cypress College. I was a women's head coach at Cypress College and um, really enjoyed it. Um, great uh, people over at Cypress College. I was there for uh, six years, but uh, right about my fourth year. I, at that time in the junior college, coaching junior college, you really couldn't do anything in the summer. Um, you know, there was no summer leagues for KC's and, yeah. and basically just recruiting. And I was just bored. I said, I, I, I need to coach more. And so I got the job at Troy concurrently my last two years at Cypress College. I was coaching both. Wow. So that was, that, was, that was crazy. And, um, and then I, after two years of doing that, you know, I just, I was just having such a great time at Troy. Uh, I was working full time at Troy. Um, I decided just to stay with Troy. And um, it was a great decision uh, troy was one of the uh uh great times in in uh in my life they, uh, a fantastic school and uh it was great i worked in special ed at troy and met some great people worked with some great people and it was uh just uh 11 great years
0: well it's funny because if you if you look at your overall record so you have I guess combined, 916 and like 225 or something like that, I read, you know, in high school, over 800 wins and 146 losses. And then you look at your college uh, record, you were 110 and I think 79. You know, some would ask, what went wrong in college? (laughs) (laughs) You know, speaking
3: of that, I took the job at Cypress College the year before at Cypress College. They were 1 in 27. Oh. And okay. uh, yeah. so, so the 110 wins was actually the hardest thing I've ever done in coaching, winning those games. So, I know I've won a lot of games at modern day Laquita and Troy, but those 110 wins.
2: Tough,
0: right? That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, hey, hey, Cam, I, ha- I have a question for you. So you have a, a, a mother who's a, a head coach over at Concordia University in, in Irvine. You have a father who <laughs> is a head coach at a, a very storied uh, program that is very successful. My question would be is, what are dinners like for you <laughs> if all of you guys are sitting at a table? Are we talking sports, basketball, X's and O's? What, what is it like for you?
1: Um, we don't really talk about basketball, like, at home that much. And usually it's just me and my siblings at the dinner table. And my mom and dad eat together in the living room watching TV. We're not all at the dinner table at the same time, but we don't really talk about basketball, like, to each other that much. My parents talk to each other, but not, like, to or my siblings.
0: So what is, look, I, I was at the CIF championship and I, I saw a lot of, I watched the win and uh, it was a great uh, basketball game. Um, Coach, you had a, you had a, a wonderful uh, game plan um, for the talented kids over at Winward, And then I went to sit back and watch the press conference. And, um, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I have kids and I think that moment Whereas you're able to share a very special time with uh, number one a family member, but now it's it's your daughter or your dad. Um, what was that moment like for you, first off, Cam, and then um, we'll follow it up with with Coach uh, to be able to have that special time together um, during such a, a wonderful time. That was like
1: amazing. That was like one of the best nights ever. I was crying like whole time after the game I literally couldn't stop crying if you look up any articles from that game like all the pictures of me are just crying like happy tears of course so I was just it was the best night ever I was so happy I got to share that with my dad like all my family got to be there so
0: that's awesome what about you coach
3: I was surprised I was really surprised at the emotion um especially from Cameron um you know, Cameron's not that emotional with me. I'm, uh, we've literally been in the car every morning and night for four straight years, and uh, you know, I make her get up, because I go in and work out before my, my classes. I teach English at Modern Day, and uh, I make her get up five o'clock in the morning and have to come with me, and she has to go in the gym and shoot. We've done that for four years, and, you know, um, it was like an outpouring, like, the end of that four-year run, um, you know, I think that's maybe where the emotion came from because uh, I, was, I was really surprised by it. I was surprised by uh, how emotional Cameron was. Um, and, you know, it, it's something we've been building for, for four years. You know, I, I've been really fortunate and I've had a chance to play in a lot of these games, win or lose, and, uh, you know, it, it was just so nice to see Cameron get a chance to win a ring and, uh, you know, have her hard work pay off. You always tell kids, you know, the hard work's going to pay off sometime down the line. And it's so great to actually see it happen. You know, you're validating what you've been saying for the past four years. So I was really surprised. I was really surprised by the emotion. But um, it was, uh, yeah, like she said, it was, it was a great night. And we're really fortunate, Mo, that, uh, you know, we were able to get all that in, you know, before all this happened. I really feel bad for all of our spring athletes. Uh, yeah, modern day and everywhere, college, high school. That I didn't get the chance to have these moments, uh, you know, have the chance to compete for those moments. It's just, uh, you know, just a terrible, terrible feeling. But uh, you know, we were very, very fortunate. we were able to uh, squeak it in and, uh, you know, get that done.
0: Yeah, and 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 that was a very, it was very special. I, I we, we kind of talked about it. I know Tony and Mary and I kind of talked about um, that moment of. of you guys being able to do that together, I think for me that was a little bit more special than even winning. Just to kind of watch that uh, interaction and, and to see how special it was, and I saw a lot of uh, of the reporters kind of uh, ask that question because it's a it was a big deal. So um, that was awesome, and I think it, it's what you guys both have is it's documented like somewhere. So there's video yeah. and all that stuff, so you'll be able- <laughs> it's there forever. Get it there. He's not going to be able to outrun this. (laughs) No, no. Look, so when you were at Troy, Coach, you had, I think, about 24 of your girls that that went on to play in college. And even now at Modern Day, you have uh, over 25, of course, one being uh, your daughter. Um, The topic of this show today, you know, I put, uh, it was about wins versus wins and one is is more important, right? We talk about those wins of uh, statistics, right? And then you talk about those wins of these players being able to go get fully funded and become successful in their own um, right. Um, Why is it so important to to try and make sure these athletes um, get to go on to higher learning?
3: Um, Well, that's a great question because, you know, my job isn't, really to win games. My job is to uh, prepare these kids uh, for their next journey and to get them there. And, uh, you know, one of the things I really learned at Cypress College, uh, you know, coaching at a two-year school where my only job is to prepare kids to go to a four-year school. You know, that's my job. When I recruit those kids, I'm I'm gonna work really hard to get you a scholarship so you can leave. Uh, You know, when you come to a place like Cypress College, you're just looking to leave because you wanna to get to the next level. And so I brought that with me uh, You know, when I went back to high school um, as my most important major emphasis is that there's a place for everybody out there. If you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to do the work on the classroom and on the court, you're willing to open yourself up. There are a lot of colleges out there. There are a lot of great levels of basketball. People don't realize what a great level NAIA, Division II, Division Three are it's not all division one or bust um you know it's great if you're a division one player and that's awesome but those are my easiest kids to help recruiting i mean i it doesn't take much didn't take me much work to get katie lou samuelson a scholarship you know right. i mean that doesn't take much work but you know we're getting kids scholarships that are playing seven eight minutes a game um but, uh practicing against the best players in the country every day and schools like that and um, these kids have opened themselves up where I will look at a school like this so my job is to get them prepared academically and in the basketball sense to play at the next level uh, whatever that next level will be Um, I just love when my kids players will open themselves up to looking at you know, not a narrow view of what a school is. I mean, I'm looking at these five schools when there's thousands of schools who would, hundreds of schools who would love for you to be part of their program. You played at modern day, you played at Troy. Those are great places. You've got a great experience. Um, You know, that's what I enjoy doing. And that's my major emphasis. Uh, You know, we try to win games, we're competitive. Um, You know, we're not gonna say we're not competitive, but major emphasis of
0: us is to get these kids scholarships to where they want to go it's so crazy as i talk to coaches it always comes back to um right because we had recruiting realities uh, expert um, jack rankin's on and he talks about there's only two percent of players that go on to play division one sports right and 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 are fully funded Right. And he talks about, you know, people who don't look at division two schools or look at division three schools who are looking for these athletes. And you said it best at a program such as yours, and I'm sure there's other ones all throughout the country like that, to whereas these players that are not starting on the team, but are practicing against the Katie Lou Samlinsons and and you know all those um, type of players are getting better in practice. Right? Right. Because they're not playing against, when they go to a game, you might have one athlete that might be a Division One player at the other school. But in your practice, they're playing against three or four Division One or Division II um, type of athletes. So um, Cam, for you, um, you're leaving dad, and now you're going to play for mom. Mm-hmm. What, what came into that decision for you?
1: Um, well, I always love Concordia like from this I love the girls on the team they're so nice and so welcoming and I've been able to hang out with them a couple times and I don't know I just wanted to play for my mom at Concordia I just <laughs> the idea of, I don't know
0: I, I think I think it's awesome you know I, I think that you know think about it we say that your dad has been coaching you for a couple of years on a high school level uh, actually he's probably been doing it a lot longer than that because you get that time even going through junior high school wherever he was you wanted to come in and, and play with these girls I help out with practice you're still able to get that right so mm-hmm. now uh, it's about him making sure that you are putting in that extra work distance learning is is a thing right now right yeah you are, uh, coach you are a teacher. English teacher, yeah. A coach and a parent. So you're hitting all three phases of this distance learning. You have to make sure your children are doing the work and putting in the work for school, of course. Number one. Number two, you have to make sure other parents' children are putting in the work as those athletes. You know, for you, how do you prioritize that? And and what is the feeling? And how active do you have to be uh, involved in all three of those phases?
3: Yeah, it's it, it's everything. We're trying to keep them on a schedule, and my wife's a big part of it. She's um, um, you know here every day too. She'll go into Concordia uh, for a couple hours if she can as an essential worker, but she's here all day too. So yeah, you know, we're trying to get them on a schedule. Get up, get dressed, you know, get the schoolwork done. Let's get a workout in. Uh, then in the, you know in the evening we'll, they'll do some Instagram workouts with the basketball and uh, you know, we have a garage we have turned our garage into a gym so they can get their weight workouts in uh, you know the distance learning has been challenging. Um, I have to say that you know I had a zoom meeting with my classes yesterday and uh, you know, they kind of say this is more work than when we're really, in class itself because there's no dialoguing not a lot of dialoguing where you know we would talk about a play or a novel that we're working on and spend the day talking about it now it's just boom read it assignment read it assignment and the kids are kind of getting that from all their classes and so it can be a little overwhelming. I, as a teacher, it's a lot of work to distance learning. Uh, that's
0: why I said, I'm ready to go back. I mean, I'm ready to go back and take it easy. Yeah, This yeah. <laughs> is harder. It's look, it's going to be different. Think about it's, it's the new norm. It's making people think outside the box. Um, Cam, for you, and, and now having to sit here and do this, you know, in college, they give those options of being able to take an online class and, you know, everybody think it's a piece of cake I think you people might have a newfound respect for online um classes um for you how is it so different from of course being able to go into class to now being every doing everything virtually
1: um a lot of my classes like it was a lot of group work and like talking about it and so instead of being able to just like talk about it with your like partner in class it's just an assignment so it, the work builds up a lot and it's a lot like I've been watching a lot of TED talks and like having to do reflections on that and a lot of just videos on YouTube and having to do reflections and it should it sucks not having that partner in class to work with so it, a lot of it's on your own but I I personally like the distance learning it's more relaxed.
0: A lot less pressure you know you get it done because I think sometimes they say okay just finish it all by Friday.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) As long as it's done by Friday and now Thursday night 10 p.m. you like I need to get all this work done. (laughs) (laughs) And As teachers Mo we're we're pretty much
3: in the compassion business right now. Yeah. We're 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 showing compassion because everybody's situation in their quarantine is different you know, some people are helping out their parents, watching their siblings. They may not have access to Zoom or uh, a computer at that certain time that you need them to. Uh, yeah, everybody's got a different situation. So for me, if the work is a little late, I'm you know in the compassion uh, mode right now. We just want to get the kids
2: through it. Kevin. You're an advanced advanced placement teacher though, right? You don't teach just a regular class.
3: No, I teach, I teach freshman English
2: actually. Okay.
3: I I taught freshman English for 13 years and I love teaching the freshmen. They're awesome, Um, but they can often be clueless about (laughs) just about everything. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) um, you almost have to, you know, kind of walk them through everything. So this is challenging for them because not only is this a new normal for everyone, throwing this at freshmen, is just crazy. Uh, it's just, you know, really tough on them. So we're trying to get them through, trying to get them through, a, get their work done
2: so they can get to, in a good situation. Tammy, do you interact with, with not a now softball player, correct? Also?
1: um, I only played my freshman year. Freshman
2: year? Do a you, are you, re- are you interacting with the other seniors and, and how is that going?
1: Yeah, I DM a lot of them on Instagram and Snapchat. I've been talking to some people in my classes. Like, um, I'm really close with some of my friends in marine biology that I haven't met through sports. So I have some friends that like aren't on the basketball team, but I've been interacting with them online. You know.
2: Uh, Kevin, any problems do you see right now with Modern day with the actual graduation? We we were, we had some talks today with the NCAA. About what they're doing with their athletes and some of the things that they're going to have to manipulate and, and work with, because not everybody's got Cami's grades, where you're you're getting you know that kind of grade. Some of these kids are less than, you know, and it's they're right at that envelope. Right. I I I I'm not sure how much these grades
3: this semester will weigh, if anything, towards their. Um, you know their college entrance. I, I think they may have to, because a lot of schools are going pass fail. We're not. We're still we're still doing the grading. We're going to have final exams. As far as I know, things change on the hour. But um, you know, if you're coming from a school that's just doing pass fail, I, you pretty much have to just you know let that semester go and go with what they've done in the their past work.
0: Well, so what? I, you know. One of the things that the NCAA um, uh, that he just talked about today was um, to whereas if you got a pass fail, they let they let those, those students, if it raises their GPA, um, then they'll leave it because they, they bring it in as a 2.3. I believe is right. that, they said, that he said. Um, and if it raises their GPA they'll accept it and take it like that. But if it lowers their GPA, that they will accept the pass or fail and leave it exactly like it is so that it doesn't affect them. So they have to be compassionate as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's Like I
3: said, I, I just think things are going to change, um, quickly. Um, and it's going to be hard to predict which direction they're going to change in. Um, I read yesterday, um, Cal Baptist University has said that they're gonna be on the ground in their classrooms ready to go in the fall. So that was one of the first schools that I, that I heard did that. And my wife thinks that her schools are gonna follow suit where Cal State Florida has said they're not gonna be on, uh, they're gonna be doing distance learning through the fall semester. So I, I just think it's gonna change. I think everything's gonna change. I think different people are gonna do it different ways and, uh, you know it'd be really interesting to see once things start relaxing a little bit how relaxed it gets and how fast we ramp things up and hopefully you know not that i'm an expert in any of this stuff but hopefully there's not a second wave of uh virus that comes in and uh sets us
2: back again kevin Cameron, so, Cameron, what's the being a senior what's the most the thing that was so unpredictable for you in this—obviously everybody's in the same situation as having to go to just—what were you shocked about that you really hadn't kind of put your arms around what this was going to be like? But as you start to get into week six,
1: I like at first I honestly didn't know we were going to shut down school altogether because like some of my teachers have been saying like we were playing it off in the beginning like oh it's we're not going to shut down like. We're good and then like reality started kicking in and then all of a sudden after like last period on that Friday we shut down they're like this is our last day of school we'll be starting online school soon and then it was just it came so fast and kind is of out one, of nowhere
2: is there one class that's much much more difficult in this learning style than others
1: yeah my English class example? my English class is a lot more difficult online because it's like all just that's the class where I would usually talk to my partner and we do group discussions, and we can't do group discussions anymore. So all of it is just on your own. He gives you the assignment and we have and there's we have a writing assessment tomorrow.
0: Well, and I know that I, I listen. I know that you're a senior, but I do know somebody that could help you. He, but he does freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> You might have to get up, walk out of that room, walk into the next room. <laughs> you might be able to help. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> the same thing, Kevin. What's the most difficult part of teaching? Now, I get the student interaction. I get that. What's the the most difficult part of adapting? And I know for you for a fact you can adapt to about anything. What's been the hardest adapting part of this, Coach?
3: Uh, you know, I, I have to give all the teachers that I know, and every teacher credit for how quickly we've all adapted to it. i I never had a Zoom meeting in my life, Tony, until (laughs) until a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm a Zoom expert looking for different backgrounds on it. I'm doing Zooms left and right. Um, You know, it's amazing how you adapt. Because look how fast this thing happened. Rudy Gobert of the Jazz got sick, right? Yeah. Boom, everything just right from right then. The yeah. speed in which all this has happened has been incredible. Next day, we're having meetings on how we're gonna do online distance learning. They put it together over the weekend. We rolled it out on that Monday. It's crazy. Have there been some bugs and some you know snafus? Yeah, but man, I tell you, um, every teacher I know has adjusted really well to it. I think we all miss the daily interaction. You know, it's nothing's better than seeing a kid face to face and trying to help them out or discussing something. Um, kids are very reluctant to say um, in a Zoom meeting, you know, what they don't understand. They don't want other people to know what they don't understand. Um, so that one-on-one individual help that a teacher can give a student is, is lacking. but. Uh, Everything else, I've just been so impressed by school administrations, not just modern day, everybody uh, throughout the county, throughout the nation, how they've been able to roll this out, the speed to which they rolled this out, and how everybody's adjusted. You know, we keep saying new normal, uh, and I guess that's it, but how people have adjusted and making it work. I mean, for the most part, it's working, and, um, you know, just shows how adaptable we
0: all are. Well, it's, it's, it's so funny that you said that because you're right. And uh, we talk about, I said, and I talk about this on the show every time this gets brought up, is that some people really didn't take it seriously till the NBA shut down. Once the NBA shut down, people started to go, whoa, this this might be for real. Even that, that uh, interview that LeBron had where, where they asked him, would you play a game? Uh, with no fans. Uh, no, I won't play a game with no fans. I haven't have played a game with no fans since I was in elementary school, and then everything really started to happen and he came back and go, well, I, I didn't we didn't understand the seriousness of it, so it all changed. But right? on that note, we're gonna take a really, really quick break um, for some of our PSAs and some of our our uh, sponsors. Uh, we're here with uh, Cameron and uh, Kevin Kiernan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
4: When I grow up, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a doctor. When I grow up, I want to be a chef.
2: When I grow up, I want to be a surgeon or a basketball player.
4: I want to be a doctor when I grow up. I'm becoming to be a cop.
5: Our commitment to delivering lifestyles within reach is based on a holistic view of investing. We do not invest simply in brick and mortar, but we invest in the people in our communities and we support their dreams and aspirations. One of the great things about the North Point basketball program is it provides Uh, our kids an opportunity to explore their hopes and dreams.
3: I think the greatest thing about the program is that we are developing
1: life skills for them. Um, Discipline, structure, uh, respect, hard work, friendships, fun. I think in their schools, in their uh, junior highs, in their high schools and on into college, these are all things that sports
3: is a vehicle to teach them life skills and and to mentor them into being um, successful people, not only in sports, but in life.
5: Success and stability starts in the home. Avanath provides housing to very hardworking, good people who are pursuing their American dream, and we are incubating that American dream. What we are doing is trying to support those families and help provide activities and mentorship for their children. We're part of their extended family, and it's our dream to help them reach their dreams. That is indeed what Lifestyle Within Reach is all about.
0: What up? What up? Welcome back, people. Uh, they decided to stay. I tried to kick him out. Um, Tony, during the break, have pulled up this uh, this green kind of. It looked like like a Jabba the Hut type of background. And Cam Jabba the Hut was in like Return of the Jedi. Star Wars. Okay, never mind. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll hear about it later. Dad'll be able to tell you about it. Um, so I'm still here with with, with Cameron and, and, and Kevin Kiernan, uh, modern days, uh, head coach and uh, senior uh, basketball player. Um, man, I, I just kind of want to jump back into it. Uh, first off, what I didn't want to do, and because it would have took up the entire show. Um, if you kind of look at all of Kevin's accomplishments, it talks about just at modern day alone, 316 and like 43 or something. 11 league titles, four CIF championships, six SoCal regional championships, three state championships, two national championships, USA Today National Coach of the Year in 2010, LA Times and OC Register Coach of the Year in 2011. CIF, do you understand how much more I can go? Okay, then Troy High School, 317 and 33 record, 11 undefeated league titles. 11, uh, he went 110 and zero. 110, did you hear that? 110, five CIF championship, three state championships, national coach of the year in 2006. If I would have started off the show like that, I would have went, went into the start and then went straight to break. Cause it would have took a, a, a mouthful to be able to do that. Does it get any easier for you coach as a, with the wins? Um. And is there one win that is any bigger than any other one?
3: Oh, that's it. Never gets easier because all that stuff's in the past. Uh, you know, <laughs> the only the only win I care about is the next game. Um, <laughs> nice. And, and and I feel pressure for that. I I, I I'm just talking about me myself. I always feel pressure going into every game. Cameron will tell you I get uptight and. Uh, you know, I, I obsess over this stuff. So uh, you could have 800 wins, but if that 801st is the one I'm worried about, then that's the one I'm stressed about. That's um, some really big wins, been really fortunate. And, you know, none of this stuff happens without great players and a great staff. Uh, I've had great assistant coaches and great administration. Uh, that win over winward a few weeks ago that was big because to be honest with you we haven't had much success against winworth the past few years winworth's had our number i think the past four or five games and uh, um, you know they're a great team and they're really well coached and it's been tough for us to beat them and to beat them on that stage at that moment uh, you know actually we haven't wanted to see that you know once they put the open division in that's kind of Stalled it out for a lot of people. That's a tough division to win. Yeah. It's tough, tough to win multiple CAF uh, championships in the open division. So winning an open division title was huge for us. That was a big win.
0: That was a huge win. I was. We were at the game sitting there, and it was, it was a really, really well uh, played game. Uh, I think. For the stars of of Windward, you guys did a really good job of throwing different um, defenses at them, and you know, doing that stuff. It was it was really good, really good game. I was I was very impressed that that day. So thank you. Um, you know, so it's 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 kind of tough when you have all those, and you, you said it doesn't get easier. Um, we had uh, Jeff Sink on the other day for Brea, and uh, in the midst of that interview, Mary said. I don't think we've ever beat you guys over at Brea, you know, from Jay Sarah. And Coach Sink said, no, you beat us one time. And I go, <laughs> out of all those wins, he remembered that one loss. He was like, Coach remembers? Every single loss. Just so you know. You always remember the losses. That, yeah, he, that's, he talked about some battles you guys had, too. Yeah, Jeff and I
3: have had some battles. We're good friends. Um, Jeff has a great sense of humor for the people who don't know him. Um, he really does. Um, and we missed Jeff in uh, girls basketball. And uh, he was at our Winward game at that night. He came and talked to me right before the game. He walked by the bench and uh, it was great to see him. He's, he's very supportive. Um, great coach. One of the best prepared coaches we've ever uh, played against because uh, he would always have a great game plan. He would prepare his kids really well. Um, it's kind of, you know, Bray is kind of... Uh, gone down a little bit since he's left obviously
0: and so uh, you know, he is missed. Yeah, very, very missed. Um, Alright coach so I kind of want to talk about uh, a few things like you know here at the High School Narrative you know some things that we really try to focus on and, and do for some uh, adolescents and high school um, students is kind of talk about uh, some things that are very present in high school such as bullying and um, depression anxiety and you know sexual abuse vaping and stuff like that um, you know what, what do you what do you say to um, kids out there that might be going through or dealing with some things like that and, and really don't want to say anything um, as a coach as a father you know as a mentor uh, what is something that you can say to those students yeah we, we see a lot of it Um
3: you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the pressure uh, on kids is incredible. Um, what they have, what they're expected to do, uh, how they're expected to do it, uh, what the results are. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure on these kids. And, uh, you know, we see the negative side of that when you're coaching and teaching. You see the outcomes. And uh, again, uh, you know. People think you're, as a coach, you're tough on kids and trying to get them places that they don't want to go. You're pushing them. It's human nature for a kid to take the easy way out. And coaches, we're always pushing, pushing, pushing. But I believe we're also very compassionate. And I think coaches and teachers see things before parents do. Um, And, uh, you know, we're probably the first line of where the problems jump out and uh, how we react to that is huge you know, um, you know we have protocol in place where we're to help kids in conjunction with our counseling department which is, which is huge um, you know our counseling department does a fantastic job of, of reaching out to kids who we feel may be struggling uh, you know with the pressure mentally um, you know the million things that these kids are expected to do um, on a daily basis so, um, you know, we're very vigilant on that. And, uh, at least, you know, I, I am for sure, and having had a daughter go through the program, I know how tough this program is. I know how tough the school can be. Um, a modern day can be a very, very tough place, um, if, if you let it be. And it can be a great place too, but it's also tough.
0: And um, so we're very vigilant on, 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 on everything. Um, and, and that's awesome. And 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 for me, I'm I'm and I'm not speaking specifically to modern day. And I want the viewers and the listeners to to know. I'm talking about a, a high school as a whole. So I had Chris Ricks on um, uh, Fox uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, before he left, he talked to me. He was like, Mo, have you seen um, the show Thirteen Reasons Why? And I'm like, No, what are you talking about? And he goes on to tell me about this show on on Netflix and the first thing I'm gonna say any kids out there you hear me talking about 13 reasons why please talk to your parents um, before you go on to Netflix and start to watch the show if you're dealing with any type of issues um, please reach out to somebody and, and talk to somebody um, because it is a, a very uh, in-depth show about these issues. And uh, you know, one of the questions that I that I have for Cam as a as a high school student, um, going through and seeing the show because we talked you know during the break that you know you've seen the show. Um, there's high school students that are dealing with this, and some junior high school students, uh, students that are dealing with this on a daily basis. You know, from a perspective of a high school um, senior what do you think we need to do um, for them and and how can we identify some of these issues with some of these students?
1: Um, well I know like a lot of students and like just high school kids don't really like to talk about their feelings like I don't like to talk about my like when I have issues going on I don't talk to anybody about it and Um, So I think starting conversations, and I think 13 Reasons Why I did a good job of sparking conversations, because I know I've like seen interviews by the cast and they said that was their main goal, was to just start conversations. And I know the show gets a lot of hate because of how graphic it is, but I think it did its job of starting those conversations. But I just think people need to, like me, myself, too. When I'm dealing with stuff, I don't like to talk about it with anybody. I just kind of just shut down. So I think starting those conversations is really important.
0: Yeah, and, and, and uh, Hannah Baker, who is who is one of the stars uh, and the main characters, um, you know, as you, as I watched and, and saw how many times she reached out um, to friends and um, administrators and you know when it came to the 13th tape and I'm not gonna give it a, give it away but you know as she goes and talks to her counselor and you know one of the things she says before she walks in his office is okay I'm gonna give it one last try I'm gonna give it one last try and I think it's important for um, students to continue to try never give up you know, make sure somebody knows that you need um somebody to talk to and and i think as administrators you know they need to make themselves a lot more available um do they do um any type of of classes coach for uh administrators or teachers to help identify uh anything like that like signs or anything like that we go through training
3: uh you know we go through a lot of training you know we um you know where uh we have to anything that we hear see we have to report it's the law um so uh when we see things like cameron mentions like she wouldn't want to say things and when she's talking about her feelings or, or share her feelings i i think agree with her most kids will like that but she doesn't realize that her face and her body language and, and how she's acting actually gives that stuff away. We can see on cameras is not feeling good about something. I know it right away. And uh, she may not. She may think she's hiding it, but she's not. And that's why as first responders, you know, um, teachers and coaches were on the ground, like I said, ground zero before. We see that. I, mean, I can tell in a class of 20, 25 kids or a basketball team of 15, 18 kids, know I can tell by their body language who's who's feeling something that day who's not uh who's you know having a difficult time Uh, not everyone you miss some things but uh you know I think we're very attentive to it and um you know we're very fortunate that you're in that team situation where you can address it and and maybe maybe help a little bit uh, but um I think it's really important that you Watch body language, you know. Study the kids' emotions. Uh, get to know them as well as you can, um, and that way you'll be able to feel and know when they're when something's off, and if you can help. Um, because yeah, you're going to miss stuff. That's true. Uh, some kids are great at hiding things, and sometimes we don't know what's going on in a kid's background. Um, but you know, if we can help some, you know, that's that's
2: that's our job. And, that's that's what we're here for. Cameron, on your team and, and in the classroom and the people that you've got an opportunity to, to, to play with, have, have kids come up to you that you've helped and, and chatted with to, to go through some of the things that, that you'd be comfortable chatting about? Just not, please don't name athletes and, and, or, or students and stuff, but have you had, as, as a senior or as a junior and as a leader and a captain, people that you've gone through and, and mentored and helped them with their situations?
1: Yeah like a lot of the younger especially my junior and senior year a lot of the younger girls have come up and like just talk to me about how difficult like like a high school basketball program is. It's so different from their eighth grade club teams and so I just do my best on helping them adjust the easiest way possible because it is a big difference and it could be a big shot. They, a shock to them. They go from playing like seventh and eighth graders to playing 18 year olds in like a month. So it's, I, tr- I try to take some of the younger girls under my wing and like help them out and talk. Has that helped you? Playing
2: and,
3: and Tony, excuse me, not just playing against uh, older kids. If you have freshmen, especially in girls basketball, you'll have a lot of freshmen who play varsity right away. Now they're socializing with older kids. Right. They need have been age appropriate coming into high school, you know, hanging out with other eighth graders now, boom, they're in the locker room, they're traveling across the country with seniors. And, um, you know, for most part, they handle it very well, but it's an adjustment. Right. And um, that's where you have to have, especially in the, the sports setting, great leaders, great teammates, and a great culture where they'll be able to incorporate those kids in and, Tell him how to handle this, to handle, handle that. Now I'm sure Cameron had many times where a player came up there, What what's up with
0: your father? <laughs> Get him on my <laughs> you back.
3: Know, like, I, I don't
0: know, I don't know that guy. I'd with a <laughs> different <laughs> <Yeah>. dad.
2: <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> well, Cameron, as this as the second oldest, but the oldest sister, I mean, you've got to have a lot of things that you're you gotta be helping your younger sisters. You gotta you're as a senior at modern day. Um, you guys had a, a really good team this year, and this is the first time that your dad's won. Uh, and you get to, you know, you get to use that and say, "Hey, I, thank God I was here so we could win for you." Is there mm-hmm. anything that, that that you could share that you've gone through in the last two years, that uh, especially with your sisters and everything that's going on as the oldest female sibling, um, that you've gone through and helped?
1: Um, I'd say like. Culture is really important. Like my first two years, the culture wasn't as good as it is now at, on our team. So I like, especially talking to my younger sisters when they go and play for a, a basketball program, like build those relationships off the court. That's what's made winning the CIF championship all that much better, was knowing I did it with people that I really care about, not like people who I don't get along with. And so having, like, a really good culture off the court, it makes the whole experience so much more fun.
2: How did you do that? Obviously, you just, obviously, as a junior, you were in a position to start to change the narrative at your school. Um, obviously, you're a leader. How do you do that? Explain to somebody uh, that wants to be like you or, or use you as a mentor. How would that happen?
1: Well, in my case, we got to see some of the, people who didn't do it as well. And we got to be like, how would I want the team to run? And like, how would I want to be treated as a freshman or sophomore coming into this program? So I was able to base it off that and just talking with the other juniors and seniors who are like leaders and captains of the team, just talking to them and coming to an agreement of how we should like deal with how we want this team to be led. And I'm just having conversations with them, and we got to do a lot of um, team bonding these last two years and retreats together. And we talked with um, Mrs. Campo from Modern Day, and she helped us with a whole retreat, and it I think it helped us a lot this year.
2: Was it the commitment to the program by yourself that did that, or those things have always been there? I believe that your dad's program has always had those things. I mean, what? What enabled you to take care of the things that you need to do to change the culture?
1: I just, because, I don't know, I was just not happy with how, like, the culture, like, it was kind of toxic my first two years, and I knew, like, I did not want to go through that these next years coming up, so I just brought it upon and no, I didn't bring it upon myself but I don't know I just t- talked to the other girls on the team and say, we know we don't want to go through this for another two years so let's just do something about it
0: yeah but so you, do- you, you said you brought it upon yourself no no go with your first thought that is 100% accurate because you felt that something you just needed to change and so whether or not you collaborated with two other girls or three other girls it's something that you felt would make it um, a lot easier for you guys, uh, and make it better for you guys as a team to be able to uh, win by having a, a close knit group. So that's I think that's really really important. Cameron, um, leaders,
2: leaders, um, they don't create leaders. Just stress does not create leaders. Stress exposes leaders. And right. what you need to understand is is that you are taking an environment, whether that's a, a negative environment or a positive environment. And you took that environment and as a, you took the opportunity to lead. And I think that that, you really want to understand and anchor that going into college and then into professional ranks is it's okay to lead. Um, And pressure exposes leaders.
0: Uh, It doesn't create them. Hey, uh, Cam, is there, are there any organizations that you're, that you're with at school uh, that you put in uh, any type of service hours or anything like that, get out in the community?
1: Um, as a basketball team, we do a lot of service hours. Like we've done um, the buddy walk at Angel Stadium where we were at the face painting booth and we just hung out with kids all day. And we do like service projects like that. And then also me and... Um, the other senior, Anna, and a junior, Brooke. We all took a tour of this women's shelter in Santa Ana, and we were planning on helping out a lot there, but then COVID happened and we're all in quarantine, so we can't, but I am i think we're still planning on once everything opens back up, we want to still help out at that women's shelter.
2: How did you pick the shelter, Cameron?
1: Um, Anna's mom kind of found it, and, um so she just gave us information and we all agreed that that was an amazing place to help out at
2: were you shocked when you went there um uh,
1: kind of because they they took us into a room where a lot of the women stayed and it was like a big like gym gym kind of space and there were a bunch of beds and they all had bins with all their stuff in it and that's all they had some of them had dogs in there and cats. And it was literally just a bed, a couple of bins of their stuff. And then it was just a bunch of those all in a gym. So that was kind of surprising to me. That was a shock.
0: How, how impactful was it for you seeing um, that and understanding uh, your situation, right? of Your living situation and how you are, you know, with your family and then seeing uh, a woman in the shelter going through the things that she's going through how impactful was that for you?
1: That was really impactful like seeing what these women had to go through to get to where they are now where they're under a the roof and being taken care of like it's just it makes you really grateful for what you have and that anything can happen and all of it can be taken away from you. But, like, just be grateful for what you have because not everybody has it, especially now with quarantine and COVID happening.
0: Yeah, COVID, COVID. We got to find a cure because we don't want COVID-20 coming. Um, coach, so um, I, I want to kind of ask about, uh, I use the word entitlement a lot, you know, and uh, and you being the coach and a and parent, you know, uh, AAU basketball has changed high school basketball, I think, right? And I think dealing with parents, the pressures of dealing with parents and um, the pressures of you at your program, how do, you, how do you balance that? You know, parents have a sense of entitlement if whether or not I'm, I'm paying for a program or paying for AAU, uh, my kids play AAU, I want to come in and this is what I want to happen. Uh, how do you and deal with that as, as a coach? That's a, whole, that's a whole new show, Mo. I know. I know. <laughs>
1: um,
3: yeah, that's and that ties into a lot of what Cameron was talking about with culture, uh, your, uh, your program. Um, as far as club basketball goes, you know, I'm a big believer. You know, I've changed my philosophies over the years that I've been doing this for so long. And when I first started coaching, we were playing – 50 to 60 games over the summer as a high school team. We would get a ton of things done the summer and, uh, only the elite kids will be playing club basketball where now everyone plays club basketball and it's great. Uh, that's fine. So we scale down. We don't do much in the summer. Uh, we give the kids a lot of freedom. Um, We'll give them our advice on what club if they ask us, but uh, I have a lot of respect for the club coaches that are in our area. You know, we're really fortunate. Uh, you know, they all do a great job. Um, they're all great coaches, and uh, they're all good businessmen, and, uh, you know, they, they do they do well. Um, I think part of the thing that hurts, them, hurts us is When kids come in modern day thinking, or any other school for that matter, with thinking a role in mind, this is why I'm going here, I'm coming here for this reason, coming here to play basketball, which is two hours a day at best, and the other four or five hours a day, you forgot to think about that. Uh, You know, you got to go somewhere where you've taken the whole school and the, the community, and uh, campus ministry, and whether it's public or private, you know, you're making a school choice, make it for the whole school, not for the basketball coach or the basketball program. I think kids make a mistake sometimes coming in just for basketball. And when they find out that hey, this is a competitive situation, you might not get everything you want right away. You're going to have to be a little bit patient. Then the entitlement and the uh, problems happen. Um, right want that right away and right away and some kids can get it so we had a freshman come in this year played point guard for us all year did a great job uh, I didn't see that coming I didn't think I didn't think she'd be able to do that and uh she did a great job for us uh and uh but it's, it's not the norm and um but it a lot of people think it is so I I would Club basketball is a great tool. It's a great tool for recruiting, it's a great tool to play against great competition. Um, But I would come into the high school setting with an open mind that I'm going to come in to compete. I'm gonna come in and compete against the best. I respect, I can't tell you how much, Mo, I respect players who come in saying, coach, I I wanna compete against the best. That's why I'm here. It's a great school and I want to compete against the best. I don't want anything handed to me. I I want to see who I want to compete against the best players. You have the best players. I want to compete against them. And my greatest competitors uh, and greatest kids have always been kids who've had that attitude. Uh, Let's go. Let's compete. I don't want to play on this team. Uh, I want to play on that team because I want to compete against the best. Um, That's why I'm here. So um, I think if you come in with that attitude, wherever you go, public, private, uh, your school down the block, I just want to come in and compete against the best. I want to com- go to a school where I'm going to be well-rounded. Uh, I know I'm only in basketball a couple hours a day. Um, I think if you put all your eggs in one basket, I'm this great player and I'm going to do this, this, and this. I think ultimately those kids are the ones that get disappointed or burnt out uh, and fall by the wayside.
0: Yeah, but it shows a lot of maturity from a player that is right there on the AAU team and, you know, I am the person They, they run offense through me and then they go to a program and if they're able to say, I'm here and I'm willing to do anything it takes I want to compete at a high level, however you need to use me to best fit our program. That takes a whole lot of maturity and it, it's not a lot out there all the time but uh, no, you, it doesn't happen every day it does uh, not happen a lot. but those are the kids that you win with yeah um, coach I have, I have one last question before we uh, kind of get out of here I kind of want to talk to you about uh, your philosophy as a coach and uh, when it comes to dealing with officials right um, so for you and I, I've watched right a lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know,
0: I'm on the men's side, but I, I watch a lot of the games and, you know, we hear the church. Um, has your philosophy changed over the years when it comes to dealing with officials? How were you in the beginning? Uh, where are you now? And um, Because there has to be, it's a relationship.
3: I've changed a lot over the years, especially my Coaching style with the players. Um, I've relaxed and calmed down quite a bit. If you ask one of my players from uh, early years at Troy High School or, or La Quinta, they would they would still say I'm crazy. And <laughs> I wish I had nightmares about what they went through. But from day one with officials, I've always realized what kind of job they have. Um, that yelling and screaming at, at anybody is not going to make them all of a sudden do things in my favor i've never believed that my assistant coaches actually think i should yell at the officials more they they, they think i i don't yell enough um at the officials they think I, I they think i cost us calls because i'm not constantly on the officials but i don't want to do that and uh, you know i generally like uh most most 99 of the people who referee our games they do a pretty darn good job and uh it's not easy it's not an easy job and I could never be an official because I can't have people yelling at me Cameron started yelling at me she would have to find a new place to live um (laughs) I just can't do it I could not have people yelling at me all day and uh so I I try to put myself in that how would I want to be treated if I was a referee like Cameron had expressed how would she want to be treated um she was a player in a program like ours, so I—that's how I try to treat with respect.
0: I'm trying to—I'm trying to get Gary to come out there and work some games with me, just so he can. <laughs> now, me and Gary are totally different how we handle uh, referees. Gary has none of the same
3: feelings that I do <laughs> about referees. Um, so cool. But uh, everybody has their way. You got to be yourself.
0: That's right. That's right. And, and one thing I've always said, uh, even I tell my kids, listen, basketball is an emotional game. I will never, as an official, take away the emotion from the game from a player or a coach, right? As long as we have a mutual respect as an official, sometimes we miss or pass on things. Um, and in the moment, a coach might not understand in that moment, but later on, they might look back and look at the film and go, oh, okay, I get it. So. I do that's think that's on, on I that. Do
3: think, Mo, that. The best officials are the ones that talk to me.
0: That's right. I, I, I always. Somebody
3: who will talk to me and not ignore me. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah,
0: I always give an ear. Um, Cameron, and, and one of the last question for you is, uh, What is the best part of uh, modern day outside of basketball for you?
1: Um, I think just the modern day has so many resources, like for like somebody to talk to, they're so welcoming. The whole environment there is just so welcoming. Like if you're dealing with something, like I know whenever I needed help, I could go to like Mrs. Steve's from Campus Ministry. She's like one of the best ladies ever, or I can just go and talk to anybody there. And they I know my voice could be heard and they're just so welcoming.
0: Awesome. Um, Well, look, I I really want to thank the both of you for coming on to the show. I thought it would be awesome to do a a father and and daughter uh, podcast, especially one's an athlete. One has been uh, involved in coaching for so many years and have been very successful. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, Cameron seeing seeing you go on to uh, to college. Um, You might not realize it now. Um, but you coming onto the show, being able to talk to, um, these listeners who are are listening and watching this show and, and being an inspiration. Um, you know, you show a lot of maturity, um, being able to talk about the things that we talked about. Um, so thank you, uh, first and foremost, uh, for being on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. And and coach, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and, and coming on and, uh, giving us some insight on, uh, coaching, um, parenting, and, of course, um, uh, being a teacher uh, in our high school education system. So thank you for your service when it comes to that. We really appreciate that as well. Thank you. Had a great time. Thank you. And to you listeners out there, thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to my annoying voice once again. I know how it is because I listen to it while I'm sitting here talking to you. Um, Join me next time. Uh, My weekly podcast will be covering any, uh, any and everything from adolescence to high school education, high school sports and athletes. I will interview athletic directors, some coaches, and maybe even a few celebrities from time to time. My hope is to share my passion for education, high school, extracurricular activities, and higher learning. We will cover topics that will further our educators, build our community around education and higher learning. Find me on social media, anywhere, on Twitter at Mo underscore or that's with two Rs, or on Instagram at Mo DHS Narrative. And make sure to subscribe and comment on any podcast app. I will leave you with this. Take some time and do something nice for someone else. In turn, someone will do something nice for you. Stay motivated, pun intended. And remember when adversity comes, look it straight in the eye and say I'm strong, I'm loved, and I will overcome you. I got to go. You have been watching and listening to Talk to Talk with Mo or for Tony. I'm Mo until next time. I'm out.
4: So what is Blast Athletic? Blast is an online network that connects team websites, athlete showcases, and the best sports fundraiser on the planet. In other words, we created a team website and app where teams can not only communicate through shared calendars and announcements, but also build a community by writing recaps, selecting MVPs, sharing highlight videos, posting photos, scores, stats, and much more. Everything your team posts your team website will automatically connect to each athlete's individual BLAST showcase, building their sports resumes in real time. Athlete showcases were designed with coaches and scouts to specifically enable accurate and thorough athlete analysis from anywhere in the nation. Then, each week, BLAST takes that same content your team posted and sends out an email update to each sponsor focusing on the athlete they supported. Trust us, grandma would rather have a photo a week than any amount of cookie dough.